Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me in your Bible this morning to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Hold your place there, and we're going to just go back and read a couple of other verses that we've looked at in, uh, in recent times. Our main text this morning is going to be uh, where we're going to start in First Timothy 4. We've got several uh, that we're going to get into. But hold your place there and go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, rational service. And we focused a lot on verse number two. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then turn with me, continue to hold your place there in 1 Timothy 4. Turn back to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. And this is the passage we were looking at last week. And these are all tied together. And I want to use these two as sort of a springboard from what we're going to, talk, to what we're going to talk about today. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says, My son, give attention to my words. We talked about this last week. Incline your ear to my sayings. I said last week, you determine what your ear is inclined to. And, it, and it's what you habitually give it to, give your attention to is what your ear is inclined to listen to. Do not let God's words depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23 says, keep, and that word means to guard or defend your heart with all diligence. For out of, you, out of it, rather, spring the issues or the forces of life. This is not physical life it's talking about necessarily, though you, you could apply it to that. The, the, the forces of, of spiritual life come out of the inward man. And that life is fueled by the word. God's words are life to those who find them. We discovered last week that the word find is not a casual word. It's a very intense word. It's full of, of passion. And it was the word that was used uh, when someone found a, a, a valuable treasure. If you find a treasure, you lay your hands on it, you seize it, you take it, you take it to yourself. You do whatever you have to do to protect it. Because it's valuable to you. So another translation says, God's words are life to those who seize them. And so we have to have that type of an attitude about the word of God. Now, with all, having said all that, go now to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy 4. And we're going to start in verse 1. And I think, I think we'll just read verse 1 because, well, we'll read a little bit more because sometimes it causes a little confusion if we don't explain things, 1 Timothy 4, verse number 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says. Now that, when I read that, that gets my attention. 
The margin of my Bible says explicitly says. Now the spirit emphatically, explicitly says something. Well, that, 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 should, that should get our attention. It's important. The spirit is saying that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Now, I, I, I like to say this sometimes about certain portions of the scripture. That part has nothing to do with me. That's part of the Bible that doesn't have anything to do with me because I'm not going to depart from the faith. Somebody said, well, now you better watch out. No, I'm not watching out. I'm, I'm feeding myself on God's words. I'm seizing God's word. It's life to me. And so I'm not departing from the faith. I have the right to choose, but it, but it should be a warning to us. It should be something that would cause us to realize that this will happen. Some will depart from the faith. Some have already departed from the faith and others will. Don't be one of them. Amen. Amen. We need to be aware of this because the Spirit's saying it. The Spirit is expressly saying something to us. And he's saying that some in latter times will depart from the faith. How does it happen? Why will it happen? Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Wow. Deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. You know, the devil teaches doctrine. (laughs) Amen. And demons are real. And they're active. And there are religious demons. There's all different kinds of demons, but there are religious demons. And their their, uh, work is instilling false doctrine, planting thoughts and ideas that sound like Scripture, that use Scripture, quote Scripture, but quote them uh, 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 inadequately and out of context and so forth and twist them. We're going to talk about that. They do that, but it comes from the devil. Now, people who fall away from the faith fall away because they give heed to seducing spirits. You know, you don't have to yield to seducing spirits. You don't have to yield to deceiving spirits. You don't have to yield to, de- to deception. Amen. There's some, we're going to find out how not to. But that's how it happens. People yield so easily sometimes. People give heed so quickly and so easily. Sometimes I'm amazed at how, how quickly or how Easily, someone who ought to know better will give heed to deceiving spirits. Well, the spirits are deceiving. Okay, we'll, we'll grant it that. So there is, some, there, there is some trickery involved. But on the other hand, we've been forewarned. We ought not give heed to deceiving spirits. But, but the point is, in the latter times, this will characterize the latter times in which we're living. The spirit is saying, this is what's going to happen. Some people are going. Now, departing from the faith means you were in the faith. Someone that's never been saved couldn't depart from the faith because they've never known the faith. They've never been, they've never been in the faith. They've never had 
the Bible faith that we're talking of, Christian faith. Oh, they might know some, some religious background, but they're not, they're not part of the faith. But this is talking about believers. Some believers will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We're living in a time like that right now. Amen. Now notice verse 2. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. This isn't referring to someone who, who is speaking by, because of lack of knowledge. These are people who begin to speak lies. Once, once someone gives heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, the, the next step is, and it might not be in the next day or so, but, but the next step we find is they begin to speak lies in hypocrisy. In other words, they know what they're saying is not true. We're, that's, folks, look around us today. That's the world we're living in. And, and a hypocrite is someone who says one thing to you and does something different. Are we seeing that in our culture? Church, we know we are. This is what's right for you, and this is what's right for everybody, but I don't have to abide by that. This is what our world is today, and Christians get caught up in it. Some Christians will give heed to those deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons and will fall away. Well, let it not happen to us. Amen. Now the next verse says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused. If it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Now, you might look at that and say, well, what is that talking about? We don't have that today. There's nobody out there forbidding to marry. What this is talking about is, just real briefly, in the time before Christ came, about 2 uh, uh, B.C., there developed a sect of Jews living along the shores of the Dead Sea, and they were called uh, Essenes. And they were a, a religious, you know, Jewish group, but they practiced asceticism. That is, they, they believed that it was wrong to have any earthly comforts, anything of, of comfort. Now, out of that, and I don't know if it can be directly traced, but, the, but a similar thing, if, if, if not, out of that came the uh, people known as the Gnostics. And the Gnostics became a big problem in the latter part of the first century after the, uh, most of the New Testament was, was written or during that time that it was being written and over into the second system, uh, century. And the Gnostics believed that only spirit was good and all matter was evil. All the natural realm was evil. It came from this asceticism that was breeding, you know, uh, along the Dead Sea before Jesus even, even came along. And, and they taught that you had to deny everything in life because everything around that was natural, that was pleasing, uh, was evil, and only the spirit was good. 
You say, well, you know, we don't have anybody forbidden to, bar- to marry today or forbidding people to eat food. Well, that, that's what they were into. But that asceticism is still prevalent in the church world. That's how the Roman Catholic Church early on required their ministers to take a vow of poverty. To go into the ministry in the Catholic Church, you had to take a vow of poverty that you would have no earthly goods. Asceticism, that's what that is. And it's still prevalent today. Okay, so that's, that's something he was talking about here. I just wanted to give you the background because there is an application. It is, it is very prevalent. I want us to go then over to, uh, go to 2 Timothy next and go to the third chapter of 2 Timothy. Again, I want to reiterate the, the main thought that we just read that in the latter days, the Spirit is telling us expressly and emphatically that in the latter days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils. And they'll speak lies and hypocrisy. And, uh, and we see that around us. In uh, chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, He said, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Let's stop for a minute. The word perilous there means hard or difficult times. We know this. We know this. We know that in the last days, these hard and difficult times will come. Now, there's, there's different ways of looking at things, and, and sometimes it doesn't pay to be overly dogmatic on one side or the other. There are some people today, and, and I see some truth in it, and, and, and have even echoed it to, a, to an extent. There's some people to say that, say that everything that's going on in the world is the church's fault. Everything that's wrong with our nation is the church's fault. Well, the church certain bear, certainly bears responsibility, but it's also part of the t- signs of the times. There are some things that, that are happening and, and they were bound to happen. It's, we're living in these hard and difficult times, perilous times. And of course, it's because of the things that he, that he lists after this. For men... It's not just talking about males. It's talking about humankind, mankind. You could just say people. For people will be lovers of themselves. Now, as we read this, think about the world in which we live. Men, people will be lovers of themselves. If you've ever lived in a time where people are focused on themselves, it's all about them. It's all about, anyway, Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. They're all around us. Disobedient to parents. Well, somebody said, children and young people have always been disobedient to parents. So that's, so that's your, your excuse. Oh, yeah, well, people have always killed people, so just let it out. No, it's not good. It's part of the signs of the time. In other words, these things will be increased. Disobedient to parents, unthankful. And see, it's not talking about thanking somebody at the store, you know, for doing something nice. It's talking about unthankful to God. 
They don't have a, they don't give God credit for anything that he's done. Unthink. They're enjoying the blessings of God every day. I mean, it's just the grace of God that's kept them out of hell up to this moment. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, unforgiving, not willing to, to, uh, to, to give. I think the margin of my Bible, let me see what it says there on unforgiving. Irreconcilable. In other words, you, it doesn't matter. Anything you do, is, it's not good enough. If you, want to, if you want to try to bring them, I'm not coming together. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give an inch. Irreconcilable. Uh, slanderers. Wow. Is that being, are we hearing that? Slanderers, people are being called all kinds of things. Without self-control, we see it in our streets. It's breaking out all over our nation. Just people out of control and, and, and being encouraged to be out of control. Brutal, despisers of good. You realize that, that, that there are a lot of people in our world today that despise good. They actually despise what we believe and what we stand for. They despise God. They've got a twisted view of things. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. So that he's saying that there will be people who will pass themselves off as godly. They will have a a form of godliness. That's an outward form. They will, they will use scripture and quote scripture uh, to indicate that, that they're operating on some biblical principle, but they deny the blood of Jesus. They deny that Jesus died on a cross for their sins. They deny that they really need to repent of their sins. And turn to God and live a life that's pleasing to him. Because they are un, uh, unthankful and unholy and all these other things. That's the world we're living in. Well, these are, these are perilous times. And these are perilous people. We're, we're, we have people all around us who are perilous. They're dangerous. The devil that's in people is not satisfied with just living through that person. He wants, he wants to infect more people. This that we're seeing in the world today is infectious. The enemy is wanting to deceive more and more and more people. He goes on to say, verse 6, of this sort, what sort? Well, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient, all of those things, of, these, of this sort, these sort of people, are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Now, I will admit to you today that I am, so you have, to, you have to consider what I'm saying. I am the only person I know of that interprets this scripture the way I'm about to. None of my commentaries that I've read 
seem to have this insight that, that I think I have, but you'll just have to judge this because, you know, nobody else says it but me. Almost, well, everyone that I've read, and I haven't looked at all of my books to see, you know, but everything I've read, they tend to interpret this as individual households. In other words, the, you know, Joe Brown's house or Joseph somebody's house, you know, some Jewish or Greek name or something, you know. In other words, individual households. It doesn't make sense to me that these people that they're talking about him, like are talking about here, uh, try to creep in to everybody's house. 1216 Southwest Jeremiah Drive, you know, let's creep into this house. And then why are these houses full of, of gullible women <laughs> laden down with sins? I submit the Bible tells us we know that the early church in the very beginning met in Jerusalem in the temple. When Jesus had been first raised from the dead, they were continually in the temple thanking, thanking and praising God. The upper room was an, a, a room associated with the temple. Uh, Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer, Acts chapter 3. Uh, they held church on, in Solomon's, uh, uh, Solomon's porch, excuse me, Solomon's porch, which is a big portico, you know, on the side of the, of the temple. So Christians first began to worship publicly in the temple, but when persecution began to arise, Peter and John were thrown into prison, you know, for, for preaching and, and, and healing the man, the beautiful gate of the temple and, and, and Paul's persecutors where the church had to leave the temple. They started meeting in private homes. Sometimes they met in secret, in hiding, but, but uh, at least they met mostly in private homes. I submit that that's more like what this, more likely that this is talking about church homes, households. But again, I'm looking for somebody that, that other than me that thinks that. Uh, for this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins led away by various lusts. Not a, not a good picture. I'm sorry. I can't really explain it, but there it is. Then, it, and this is another point that makes me think that this is not just, you know, John Doe's house. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So these houses are places that people are trying to learn. There's a seeking after knowledge here associated with these places that uh, these sort of people are creeping into. They're places where, where women are trying to learn things. And I'm sure it wasn't just the women. They were learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Jannes and Jambres resisted Moses, Jannes and Jambres uh, are believed to be uh, the names of two of the magicians in Moses' day. Now, their names don't show up in the Old Testament, okay? But it is believed that Jannes uh, and Jambres was the, were the names of two of these magicians. Remember, uh, uh, Moses told Aaron, throw his rod down, and he did. And then the 
Pharaoh called for his magicians and they threw their rods down and their rods became serpents. And, and, and Moses, you know, uh, turned the, the water, you know, in, in the river into blood. And so the magicians came along and they turned the water into the blood. And then, and then, you know, Moses called on frogs and the magicians came and that's what we need, more frogs. And, uh, but eventually... Uh, Moses' Aaron's serpent swallowed up the magician's serpents. Remember that? Anyway, that people believe it, it, it's uh, accepted that Jannes and Jambres were, were these two magicians. It says, now as Jannes and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. These people who creep into churches, I'm telling you, there are people who try to creep into churches we need to be aware of that. And they are of corrupt minds, disapproved concerning the faith. But Paul, praise God, he said, but they will progress no further. For their folly will be manifest to all as theirs. Jannies and Jambres was also manifest to all. Well, sometimes it takes a little while but the devil, the, the devil will never overcome or defeat or take over the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen universally. It's never going to happen in a local church that sticks with the word of God and, and stays close to the spirit of God. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. We're, we're talking about in perilous times this kind of deception. Notice the, the advocates here creep into households. They don't, just, they don't just come in and, and walk in the, in the door and announce in the lobby, now, pastor, I'm here to, to bring false doctrine into your church. I'm here to, bring, to divi- bring division and discord into your church family. I just want to let you shake your hand. No, that's why I'm here. No, that's not what happens. Go over to, uh, my goodness, I am out of time. Has that ever happened to me before? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, before we go, we, we won't skip anything. Go on over to Genesis 3. Something tells me that unless Jesus comes back, I'm going to get another shot at this. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3. I want you to notice the progression of deception. The progression of deception. Genesis chapter 3. Here's how deception progresses. This is how it This is the path it takes. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, he who, the serpent, serpent was talking. The devil was using his voice. The serpent said to the woman, has has God indeed said? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Has God really said, did, he re- did God say this? The enemy always comes and challenges what God said. That's the first thing that you need to realize. The enemy will always challenge what God says. And... Uh, the woman, here, here's, here's step number one. Here's step number one in the progression of deception is the woman didn't recognize the devil was talking to her. 
He did, she didn't realize. She should never have had a conversation with this snake. Now, she, there's no excuse in it because she had never heard from him before. The only voice she knew of in the spirit realm was from God. She knew the voice of God because later when the vo- they heard the voice of the Lord walking. So they were familiar with the voice of the Lord. Well, who was this speaking? Speaking through this snake. Now, evidently at that time, the snake was, was, a, was an upright creature. Wasn't on its belly yet. That came as a result of the curse that God put on the, on the serpent. Said the serpent was more beautiful than any of the other uh, creatures. And very beguiling. And so the, the, one, the first mistake here is that she didn't recognize the devil when, when she heard him. And there's no excuse for us not recognizing the voice of the devil. Anything that challenges God's word, any voice. Now, now I'm not talking about, you know, thinking critically and examining the scripture. I'm not talking about that. But when somebody begins to challenge, did, did God really say, what you, you know he said it. Okay. So he, first of all, challenged what God said and the woman did not recognize, and she should have, not recognizing the devil's influence. Now, the woman said to the serpent, now the serpent said, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, now notice, go back, hold your place, go back to the second chapter. Verse number 16 And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Here's the point. God said, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. And the devil said, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman did not answer correctly because she didn't, she stopped emphasizing one little word, surely, or all rather. She didn't say, for God said, you shall not eat of it. Let me find my place. Yeah, the woman said to the serpent, verse number two, we may eat of the, of the fruit of the garden, of the trees of the garden. That's, what, that's, that's, that's not what God said. God said you may eat of all of it. See, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't take a little bit of, of uh, canceling out, just a, just a subtle thing that God says. We don't need to cancel out anything God said. So she failed to say it right. She said, we may eat the fruit. She should have said, we may eat all the fruit. Yes, devil, the God, God did say we can eat all of it. Except the fruit of the, uh, that's in the midst of the garden. God said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it. God didn't say anything about touching it. He never said, don't touch it. So what this woman is doing is she's drifting away from the scriptures. She's, she's taking away, 
She's adding to things that the Lord said. And when you start doing that, you're on dangerous ground. That's where false doctrine comes from. Subtle changes and embellishments to God's word are not okay. I'm going to say that again. Subtle changes and embellishments to God's word are not okay. Now, notice this. Then the serpent, she said, we're not supposed to eat it or touch it. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. You're not going to die. Well, you know, right then, there's no excuse. She should have run his tail out of there. Who are you to tell me, number one, you shall not surely die? Who are you? No. Verse number six indicates that some time passed. Because he said to her in verse four and five, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw, so it doesn't indicate she ran right out. It indicates that some time passed. And you see, she let these thoughts simmer on the inside of her. Hmm. God says, the day we eat it, we'll die. But is that so? Maybe we won't die. And we'll be, why is he trying to keep this tree from us, this fruit from us? He's trying to keep me from, from knowing, having the knowledge of good and, 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 and evil. What she didn't realize is she already knew the good. She already had knowledge of the good. The only thing she was going to get out of the deal was the knowledge of evil. Now notice, it says when the woman saw, so she eventually made her way into the garden and, and she started, she's pondering these thoughts and she's considering what the enemy said. So that's, uh, that's number three, entertaining the devil's thoughts. She started entertaining his thoughts and she saw that the tree was good for food. Well, she had been told it wasn't good for food. Don't eat of it. But she saw that the tree was good for food. That it was pleasant to the eyes. It not only would satisfy the flesh, it was good looking, good to the eyes. And a tree desirable to make one wise. Well, hold on, hold, hold on there, hold there and go back to First uh, John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. Verse 15 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Remember me talking about this? This is all together. It's all tied together. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, she saw that it was good for food. The lust of the eyes, she saw that it was pleasant to look at. And the pride of life, she saw and thought that it was good to make one wise, the pride of life. These are, these are uh, pitfalls and traps the enemy lays for all of us. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, 
and the pride of life. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to, to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Well, now she's crossed the Rubicon. She, it's, she's, she's, she's on the other side. But you know what? She's not satisfied with being on the other side by herself. She ate of it, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. When people get into deception, this is the progression of deception. What just happened here is, is something we need to always be aware of. Know when the devil's talking to you. Don't subtract or add to the scriptures. Just leave what God said and just keep it. Amen. Don't get deceived. Don't start thinking about the devil's thoughts. Certainly don't act on it. But, but notice what comes next. She has to share it with somebody else. She didn't have any other choices. You know, it was just she and, and, and Adam, you know. But, you know, it, it wasn't enough. I found that, that when people yield to uh, deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, they've got to share it with somebody else. That's why they, they creep into places. And we'll talk about that next time because it's, I don't have time to go any further than that today. But praise the Lord. We need to know that deception is, is uh, prescribed for the last days. Okay? The Spirit has expressly said these things are going to happen. Then in the last days, we put, people will exhibit these kinds of characteristics we've read about this morning. It's here, folks. It's here. It's all around us. And we cannot have this idea that, that we are, that it's out there and it doesn't have any impact on us. We have to be on guard against these things because these spirits will creep into houses, not just the people, but, but the spirit behind them. They will creep into churches. And, and, and not only in churches, but just in our cultural, uh, in our culture at, at large. They're constantly trying to infect. And we need to be aware lest we depart from the faith. Because what I'm going to tell you, church, we're living in a time right now where everything God has said is being challenged. Remember you talking about the spirit of this age? Been talking about this for a reason. The spirit of this age is working and it's challenging Everything God has said is twisting it, perverting it, challenging it. And if we're going to make it, and I am, I believe you are, but we're going to make it because we are alert to the enemy when we hear the voice of the devil through people doctrines of demons, when we hear it, we stop and say, no, that's not what the Bible says. How do you do that? Incline your ear to God's sayings, for they are life to those who find them. Now, listen to me. In, in, in the word of faith movement, we, because God was emphasizing and, and still is emphasizing certain things that were lost in the church, 
We were emphasizing the fact that it is God's will to heal. That's part of the, of the truth that God's given us that a lot of people don't believe. They still don't believe today that it's God's will to heal everybody. And, it, and it's not just because we're about, you know, healing, you know, as a thing. It's part of the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was moved with compassion everywhere and went about deal, doing good and healing all who oppressed of the enemy. And so that's a standard we have to raise. And so very often we, we find scriptures like Proverbs chapter 4 and the, con, or the application that we make of it is that God's words are life and they're health to all of our flesh. And, and we kind of focus on the health part. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's, our me, that's part of our message. But there's, a, there's another side to this. It's life. The life. There's life in God's words. They impart life. And that's why we need to feed on them, seize them. We have to, you have to find the word for yourself. I, I, I encourage your church attendance. I'm glad it's not empty today. It wouldn't be nearly as fun to be just up here talking to nobody. So, but that's, that's not what it's about. We, you're here so that, so that you can hear and do. If you only hear and you don't act on it, guess what has happened? Deception has already started. The first time when you heard the word, whether you hear it on a Sunday morning, you hear something that that stirs you up, the first time you have an opportunity to act on that and you don't, deception starts working. Very subtle. We We need to be aware of this. God's words have life. Glory to God. Eternal life. That word life there is zoe. God's words are full of life. And, and, and the life of God will affect your body. But it'll, it'll, it'll affect your mind if you'll, if you'll renew your mind with it. It'll affect your, your, uh, your livelihood. It'll affect your family. It'll affect your relationships. It'll affect where you go to school, the people you're around at work. That life, it is the, the forces of life come out of the heart so we're to guard ourselves so that we don't listen to the devil Don't listen to that snake when he comes with little tempting thoughts and ideas that are just slightly different than the word of God. No. No, no, no. This is what the Bible says. You're not going to trick me into, into playing games here. This is what the Bible says. Amen. Living according to the word of God. Hallelujah. Is, is the key to success and victory. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We'll look at more of this next time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Won't we all stand up? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your blessing in our lives. And again, when we started, when we prayed before I I preached this morning, Lord, we said that we agree together that we'll be doers, that we'll be watchful. So we again reestablish and reaffirm our commitment, Father, to be watchful, to watch, to judge every spirit.
cast every spirit, whether it's from you or not. Judge it according to the word of God. Father, we, by faith, we say we will not be deceived. We will not give heed to to deceiving spirits, seducing spirits and deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We will not be. We'll not be deceived and we'll not fall away. We'll go all the way. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say this after me. I will not be deceived. I will not give heed to deceiving spirits or doctrines of devils. I'll not give heed to the voice of the devil. I belong to the sheep of to the sheepfold. I have a great shepherd. I know his voice and he knows me my name. And I'll not listen to another. I'll only listen to the good shepherd. And he'll lead me out into pasture. And I'll be safe. And I'll be protected. And I'll not fall away. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Mahande ishba. Mahama hanstimen eteharige. Ruprovede demian nayanashtahu kubra ale gre estisti borea jetadadastias. The way that is set before you and the path that has been put before you. That path is very clear. For I've given you my word to give direction and light for every step of the way. So don't turn to the left or to the right. Stay on the path of justice and right. Stay on the path that ever takes you higher, that ever takes you closer, that ever takes you into a greater fulfillment and a greater unveiling and a greater obedience to my plan for your life, the Lord says. And you'll not fall, you'll not stray, but an entrance into the heavens will be prepared for you an entrance into the way of life and you'll walk in it all the days of your life and you'll walk right on to into heaven's shore and be glad and rejoice with the saints of the ages because you knew the voice of your shepherd and he carried you, strengthened you and led you and directed you all the way home. Glory to At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.